a person can't help their birth. And so we have these errors, these illogicalities that surround us in terms of the use of our language. And the fact of the matter is that you could point out that a lot of things that are in our language right now arose via what we would consider the illogical. And so, for example, there was a time when in the second person singular, the proper subject pronoun was thou. And so, thou goest. And then you was only the plural pronoun, you go. Thou goest, you go. As time went by, you started being used in the singular, and now that feels perfectly natural to us. But there were people at the time who thought of the use of you in the singular as a mistake, and we can even wrap our heads around thinking of it as a mistake now. But here we go. We have you in the singular and the plural, and we keep eating our breakfast. Or another example is that often today we think it's somehow not good when a noun is transformed into a verb. And so, for example, we know that there is something called structure. But then when we hear that something is being structured, we often think, well, I don't like that. That's not right, because nouns aren't supposed to become verbs. But then on the other hand, silent began as a noun. So did worship, and so did copy, and those are now verbs, and nobody bats an eye. And nevertheless, we hear a verb now like liaise from liaison or tweeze from tweezers, and we think, well, somehow that's, that's unlikable, it's improper, all is not right with the world, despite the fact that actually there was once no verb to beg. There was a beggar, that was somebody who did a certain something. The word beg, that was created from the word beggar. We don't think about that. All of these things happened in the past, but there seems to be a general idea, which is that we know that modern English is the product of change. And so there was Old English, and that's Beowulf, and that's eons ago. Then there's Middle English, and for most of us, we were exposed to that through Chaucer, the Canterbury Tales. And then there's Modern English, and we think that the procession from Old to Middle to Modern English is kind of noble. And it goes along, and you imagine people riding horses, and you imagine French horns in the background, like, and that's wonderful. But then with Modern English, somehow somewhere around Jane Austen, we're supposed to stop the changing. And the idea is that the changes almost always are bad because they interfere with the logic of the system of English. And this isn't only us. This is a way of looking at English usage that goes way back in terms of how English speakers feel. Jonathan Swift, who we know best today for writing Gulliver's Travels and also A Modest Proposal, was quite dismayed at things like that. And an interesting one for our purposes is one that he mentioned in a letter in 1712. He was writing to Robert, the Earl of Oxford, and Mortimer, the Lord High Treasurer of Great Britain. And he said, this is one of my favorite statements of his or anybody about English, what does your lordship think of the words drudged, disturbed, rebuked, fledged, and a thousand others everywhere to be met in prose as well as verse, where, 
And get what his problem with those was. By leaving out a vowel to save a syllable, we form so jarring a sound and so difficult to utter that I have often wondered how it could ever obtain. And so for him to say drudged rather than drudged was wrong. Rebuked rather than rebuked was wrong. Now, what's interesting about that is that this which worried Swift, and we know that he was a brilliant and artistically sensitive man who lived life as vividly as we do. What's, what was worrying Swift seems rather peculiar to us today. So we need to pull the camera back. And the basic goal of this course is that what we want to do is examine a common notion about English, and that is that a great many people speak it incorrectly. The fact is that a lot of this feeling that we have about the way our language is used is based, although it's very difficult to perceive this, on myths, lies, and at best half-truths. And if we can get beyond those myths, lies, and half-truths, then we can see English as even more of a wonder than we're already aware that it is.